Hello and welcome to the Old Time Radio Forever broadcast. I'm your host, Matt Perry. Join us weekly as we explore the golden era of American radio through the dramas, westerns, mysteries, and comedies that shaped the golden age. Be sure to give us a thumbs up or a five-star review on all of the podcast directories that you may use. That iconic laugh of the great Gildersleeve. Matt Perry here along with my little radio friend, my daughter, Lily. Say hi, Lily. Hi. One of the true joys of being a parent and being an old-time radio fan is that I get to share these programs with my three children, my two daughters and my son. And Lily has always taken a special keen interest in the great Gildersleeve. And so she wants to tell everybody why she loves listening to Gildy. Why do you love listening to Gildy, Lily? I like their laugh. You like his laugh? What? What's so great about his laugh? Because it's so funny. It's so funny. And myself, though I do enjoy the laugh, the thing that I love most about Gildersleeve is the um, exasperation he shows. And I'm also quite fond of the Jolly Boys episodes. Tonight, we are going to have a great episode of The Great Gildersleeve, and Lily and I will be right back after that. Say bye, Lily. Bye. <laughs> the Kraft Foods Company presents The Great Gildersleeve. Uh, <laughs> It's The Great Gildersleeve, starring Harold Perry, brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of a complete line of famous quality food products. Now let's join The Great Gildersleeve. It's a Saturday night in Summerfield, and so we find him, as usual, occupying one of the best of the rickety chairs which furnish the Jolly Boys Club up above Floyd Munson's barbershop. At the moment, Judge Hooker is the only other member present. Wonder where everybody is. I can't imagine. Seems like we're having trouble getting a quorum here lately. Maybe the club needs something. Possibly. Well, what'll we do, Judge? I don't know. Maybe we could uh, call up somebody. Who? I don't know. Club may be getting in a rut. Maybe we ought to take on some new activity. Like, say, bowling. I don't care for bowling. All the better. It might help your liver. Wait. Well, here comes somebody. Who goes there? Well, gentlemen, how are the jolly boys tonight? Good evening, Peavy. Peavy, let me give you a hand with those cokes. Yeah, thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. Stick them right here in the ice bucket. You know, this would be a thirsty club without you, Peavy. Last week, we had to send Floyd out for drinks. Where were you? Uh, last week? Yes. Uh, last Saturday? Yes. I decided to spend the evening with Mrs. Peavy. Well, that's no way for a jolly boy to behave, Peavy. That's easy enough for a bachelor to say. You fellas don't have to explain what goes on down here. Why is that old club so important, she said. You see those men all the time anyway, she said. Hard question to answer. But it's only one night a week, Peavy. 
No wife in the world wants her husband hanging around every night. No, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> yes, sir, you'd be surprised. Somebody else coming up the stairs. We'll have a quorum yet. Oh, it's the chief. Hi, chief. Good evening, Commissioner. Evie? Judge? Hello, chief. Chief, what's detained you, old man? Detained me? Doesn't seem like the old gang gets down here as promptly as they used to. Where's Floyd, for instance? He's married, too. Uh, come on, let's get started in on some poker. Uh, fellas, uh, not yet. Uh, could you let the game wait just a little while? What for? Well, in case somebody dropped in. Think how it looks. Cards all over the table. Everybody's smoking. Nobody's going to drop in. Come on, Judge. Let's get the chips divvied up so we can get going. Fellas, please. As a personal favor. Hi there, jolly boys. Deal me in. Yeah, deal them in. Hi, Floyd. Hi, Commish. Hi, Peeve. Sorry if I've been holding you boys up, but I had to take Lovey and dump her to picture. Hi, Judge. Hi, Chief. Hi, Floyd. Well, what are we waiting for? Not that I like the game, but I need the money. I'm counting out the chips, Floyd. Keep your shirt on. Hold it a minute, Judge, before you deal them. What's on your mind, anyway, Chief? Well, I asked a certain man to drop in and visit us tonight. I hope nobody minds. Who is he? What about it? Well, he's a friend of mine. Stop beating around the bush. Who is he? You all know him, I guess. Don't you all know Dr. Needham? The preacher? Uh, yes, the preacher. Nailed me after church on Sunday. Said he wanted to talk to us. Tonight? In a few minutes, I guess. He said around 8.30. Chief, you might have given us a little warning. Well, maybe I should have, but I was afraid you wouldn't come. I would have worn a blue suit. That's a cinch. Uh, fellas, don't you think we ought to put the cards away? Thanks, Peavy, old man. Yeah, the chips, too, Horace. Yeah, I suppose you're right. How about all them bottles laying there in that tub of ice? That don't look so nice to a... You know... Where can we put it? Uh, drag it over here and stick it in the closet, Chief. Okay. We ought to open a window, too, fellas. <sighs> Gets to smelling like a joint up here. I'll open it for a minute. Uh, Mr. Gildersleeve, why don't you throw out that cigar? Well... All right. Where can we dump these ashtrays? Gosh, Floyd, you might clean up the place once in a while. How'd I know a preacher was coming? Then shut your window. I'm cold. Let her air out a minute more, Peeve. Hey, I think he's turning in the alley. Huh? Yep, it's him. Well, it, it don't look great, but it looks better than it did. Sure. Ain't like he was coming to inspect a Sunday school. Floyd, do me a favor. Watch your language, will you? Don't worry about me. I've been around lots of preachers. Shut up. Well, if it isn't Dr. Needham. We were just chatting about you, weren't we, fellas? Yes, we were. Good evening, Doctor. Good evening, Mr. Gildersleeve. Good evening to all of you gentlemen. Judge. Good evening, Doctor. Chief. It's a pleasure to have you with us, Doctor. Uh, let me hang your coat up. Thank you. And Mr. Peavy, the good apothecary, I'm glad to see you. Glad to be of service any time, Doctor. Uh, doctor, maybe you don't know our other member here, uh, Floyd Munson. I don't believe I... don't I... think you know me, Dr. Needham. I go to Dr. Tutwiler down at... Uh... Of course. I have a very high regard for Dr. Tutwiler, and if you are one of his flock, uh, Dr. is a fine man, isn't he? One of the best. Have a chair, Doctor? Uh, here's a good chair, Doctor. Nice, comfortable one. I think I'll just sit in the straight chair, thank you. Mortify the flesh and improve the spirit. <laughs> well, nice, comfortable club rooms you have here. Yes, we're... 
Quite proud of our quarters. Well, here was this vacant room over the shop. I was glad to make it available, free of charge. Is that so? You weren't being so generous, Floyd. You couldn't make any money renting it. I'd like to know why I couldn't. No facilities. Uh, it certainly is cold out tonight, isn't it, Doctor? It's rather chilly, yes. Uh, how long has your club been in existence, may I ask? Oh, about two years, hasn't it, fellas? Three. I recall we organized in the fall of 43. How many members do you have? This is it. Just the five of us. Mm, quite exclusive. And may I ask just what is the purpose of the club? Did uh, you say purpose, Doctor? Yes. What is the purpose of your club? Well, uh, we don't exactly have any purpose, Doctor. It's just a club. We just get together once a week and raise a little... It's uh, social, Doctor. <laughs> Isn't that it, fellas? It seems to me I've heard the club had some kind of musical interests. Oh, that too. Yeah, what kind of a musical club? See, we've got a piano. Yes, it's not much of a piano. I have a Wembley at home. Good enough for this gang. We just sing old barbershop songs, Doctor. Oh, I love singing. I used to sing myself when I was a younger man. You still sing, Doctor. I've heard you take a high tenor on some of those hymns on Sunday. Well, I let myself go occasionally, but when I was at Divinity School, we used to do some real singing, I can tell you. Did you ever sing down by the old mill stream? Floyd. Huh? No, I don't remember down by the old stream. But uh, there was another song, uh, Love Me and the World is Mine. Uh, do you know that? Oh, sure. <clears throat> I care not for the stars that shine. That's it. How'd it be if we tried that once, huh, Doctor? If uh, you gentlemen will permit an outsider. Don't think of yourself that way, Doctor. You're one of we boys. Come on, fellas. I, I care not for the stars that Indeed, I, I thought that was lovely. <sighs> lovely. How about another round, Doc? No, thank you. As a matter of fact, I came here with a purpose. Gentlemen, I wonder if you know the work of the Summerfield Orphanage. Sure, that's where they take care of the orphans. It, shut up, Floyd. <laughs> Mr. Munson is quite right. The orphanage takes care of between 25 and 30 orphans at the present moment. But they're desperately in need of funds. Uh-oh. So, uh, I've been going about appealing to various organizations for aid. I wonder if you kind-hearted gentlemen would be interested in adopting a lovely baby girl. Doctor! Well, perhaps I've put it too alarmingly. You wouldn't actually adopt this child. You'd simply contribute regularly to the orphanage in her behalf. And you would accept as a group the responsibility for her. Her, uh, her name is Christina. She's eight months old. Lovely child. Did you have any figure in mind, Doctor? Uh, $10 a month. Now, I don't want you gentlemen to give me your answer right this minute. I want you to think about it. If you care to, you may go out to the orphanage and visit little Christina. Think it over and let me have your decision. I 
think I know the answer you will find in your hearts. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I'll get your coat, Doctor. Good night, all. Good night, Dr. Needham. I told you he was a nice fellow. He's as nice a preacher as I know. Well, sure, he's a nice fellow. Gee, if this club has ten bucks a month to throw around, I don't think we ought to blow it on a baby. I'd rather put it in a pool table. <laughs> Floyd, haven't you got any heart? Certainly I got a heart. It's only two dollars a month apiece. That ain't the money, it's the principle. Well, I'm in favor of the doctor's proposition. What do you say, Peavy? Mrs. Peavy always wanted a girl. I'm for it. Well, Floyd, are you going to be a spoil sport? Who's a spoil sport, you big sport? You are, you big fellas, fellas. Let's be jolly boys. Uh -huh. What did Dr. Needham think if he could hear us calling each other names? I didn't call anybody names. Let's think about what the doctor said, fellas. We shouldn't rush into this. We should look in our hearts. Floyd, would you do one thing? Before you decide, would you go out there with us and look at the little girl? Little Christina. Well... Come on, Floyd, that's fair enough. Look at her and then we'll decide. Well, all right. But now, for the love of Pete, can we play poker for the rest of the evening? <laughs> Deal the cards, Horace. Let the chips fall where they may. You know, it's a real pleasure to tell you that famous Kraft mayonnaise is once again available. Yes, although Miracle Whip salad dressing and other Kraft products you've been waiting for continues to be scarce because of the sugar shortage, Kraft Kitchen Fresh Mayonnaise is back. Fine salad oil is becoming more plentiful, and Kraft can make a fair supply of the truly superior mayonnaise most of you remember. Superior because it's made from only choice ingredients. Fine salad oil, selected eggs, fragrant vinegar and spices, and as a final touch, genuine fresh lemon juice. No wonder Kraft mayonnaise has such distinctive, delicate flavor, such a rich, homemade goodness. It's easy to see why the most discriminating hostesses choose this particular mayonnaise, for flavor and for surpassing smoothness. A special beater patented by Kraft gives it a velvety texture you could never accomplish in your own kitchen. Yes, you'll be taking bows when you make salads from famous Kraft Kitchen Fresh Mayonnaise. Now available in reasonable quantity. Now let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. Here he comes, Marge. All right, Bertie, he's down. Hi, Unc. Ah, uh, good morning, children. Why, Unky, you're best. Don't tell me you're going to church with us. Uh, of course, I always go to church on Sundays. Well, I always try. I don't always make it, perhaps. Leroy, how many times have I told you? If you must read the funny papers. I'm going to pick them up, don't worry. Uh, now come and sit down. Did you have a good time at the club last night, Unky? We had a very lovely meeting, yes. Leroy, if you're trying to crawl into that glass, it can't be done. <laughs> I'm just trying to get all the juice. Well, sip it politely. No back somersaults. Remember, this is Sunday. Okay. 
Yeah, we had a very nice meeting last night, children. Dr. Needham was there. Dr. Needham at the Jolly Boys? What's so strange about that? What do you think goes on down there? What does go on down there, Unc? Never mind. It's for grown-ups. What was Dr. Needham doing there? Is that why you're going to church? Uh, well, as a matter of fact, it's something that might interest you children. How would you like to have a baby to take care a of? A baby? Unky, do you mean it? Oh, that'd be wonderful. Uh, no, wait a minute. Did you hear that, Leroy? A baby? I'd rather have a dog. <laughs> oh, but think what fun it is. You can do lots more things with a baby. Feed him and, and dress him and, and bathe him and play with him. Uh, wait a minute. You can't teach him tricks. You can so. Dogs are smarter. They are not. You were a baby once. You mean to say you're not smarter than a dog? Well, it depends. Would it be a boy baby or a girl baby? <laughs> and where are we going to get it? I'm coming to that if you'll just listen a moment. Oh, uh, good morning, Bertie. Sorry to keep you waiting, Mr. Gilsley, but that darn old, excuse me, it's that waffle iron. It went and stuck again. Yeah, uh, that's all right, Bertie. Bertie, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Uh, this isn't going to make any work for you, Bertie. We're not going to have the baby here. What? What good is a baby if you can't have the use of him? Yeah. <laughs> Let me explain, will you? Okay. <clears throat> now, this was an idea of Dr. Needham's. He thought it would be nice if different organizations around this town would each undertake to provide for some child out of the children's home. They'd sort of sponsor it and be a godfather to it and pay for its upkeep next year. Oh, I think that's real nice. Yes, yeah, so do I. You going to do it then? Well, we're going to go out there to the home this afternoon and look over the uh, proposition. <laughs> As a matter of fact, one of our members is holding out. Who? Never mind. Why don't you throw him out of the club? That's not the way that clubs are run, Leroy. Piggy threw me out of his club. I threw him out of mine. <laughs> well, the Jolly Boys try to be more democratic. Besides, we can't throw him out. He owns the club room. <laughs> Mr. Gilsleeve, how old is this baby you're talking about? Well, I believe about eight months, Bertie. She's a little girl. Oh, uh, I was thinking maybe I could knit her a sweater or some booties or something. Well, I think that would be lovely. I thought you children might like to contribute a little something, too, out of your allowances. Uh, as a Christmas gesture, 25 cents a month, say? Oh, I'd love to. Would we own part of it? The baby, I mean? Uh, well, I'd say you'd have an interest in her, certainly. I'll give half a buck. So will I. Well, that's very generous, children. I'm glad to see you respond that way. Is she cute, Unky? Well, I haven't seen her myself yet. All babies are cute. Has she got a name? Uh, let's see. Her name is um, Christina. Oh. Couldn't we change it? Huh? Why, Christina's a beautiful name. I love it. It's crazy. I never heard it before. <laughs> oh, well, what do you know? Listen, I'm paying half a buck for this kid. I got a right to name it. <laughs> children, children. Christina's the name she was born with, my boy. You get used to it. Well, I suppose we can call her Chrissy. Say, when can we go out and see her, Unc? See her? Well, uh... Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make her a scrapbook. Kids are nuts about scrapbooks. Huh? When can we go out and see her, Unc? Why not this afternoon? Yeah, this afternoon. Well, I'm afraid that wouldn't be a very good idea. Oh, why not? Uh, you see, this is a club affair, and besides, so many people all at once might scare the baby. We wouldn't scare her as much as you will. <laughs> And the chief of police. How would you like to see him leaning over your crib? <laughs> yes. Uh, tell you what I'll do, children. I, I can't let you go this time, but when I get back, I'll tell you all about her. How's that? I told you, Marge, a dog is better. All right, eat your breakfast. <laughs>
Cigar, Judge, while we're waiting. No, thanks, Gilly. Peavy? Thank you. I never smoked the things. Yeah, that's right. Chief? I don't know that we ought to smoke in here, Commissioner. Why not? If we're careful, we're not going to set the home on fire. What isn't that? I don't think it'd be a good example for the children. There aren't any children around. They're all outside playing. Just the same, it wouldn't look good. Chief is right, Gildy. All right. I won't smoke myself, then. There's an ashtray there. The superintendent must smoke. Well. Thanks, Miss Floyd. Yeah, fine. Hiya, gents. Chief. Well, we didn't think you were going to make it, Floyd. Gave you my word, didn't I? Just the same, I almost didn't. You should have seen me trying to convince Lovey I was coming out here this afternoon to see a baby. Ask me how old was the baby. Was she a blonde or a brunette? Still don't think she believes I'm out here. I don't believe it myself. Well, what do we do now? Just sit down and wait, I guess, Floyd. Now, Christina's asleep. Who? The baby. Oh. Well, what do we do? Just sit here till she wakes up? Till the nurse comes for us. Huh. Oh, well. I feel kind of foolish. What are we doing here, anyway? Are we nuts or something? You guys got me into this. Maybe it's like Dr. Needham said in his sermon today, Floyd. Children bring out the best in people. Hmm. There's a lot in that, Floyd. A lot in it. Well, don't look at me. You're the one who's holding out, Floyd. Oh, look, now, don't get me wrong. I got nothing against kids. I'm for kids. But when it comes well, to Well, this is your chance to prove it. Now, Commissioner... Well, tell him to put up or shut up. Gentlemen, the baby's asleep. He's down in the nursery. She can't hear us. Commissioner, I don't think we have to worry. Now, Floyd may talk tough, but after all, he came here this afternoon, and I think we can take that to mean Oh, that... no, you don't, Chief. I said I'd come here, and I came, but that's all. I ain't joining no baby syndicate. Like I said before, if you want to have a club where we have a little fun once in a while, I'm quiet. She's awake now, if you gentlemen would like to come this way. Oh, thank you, Hey, go ahead, Chief. Uh, after you, Commissioner. Uh, Judge? Thanks, Gildy. Come on, Floyd. Uh, Peavy? Just follow me, please. Oh, nurse, say, I, uh... Yes, sir? I, uh... I brought along a little something for the baby. Candy reindeer. I don't think it'd hurt her. Well, that's very nice of you, but I really don't think she ought to have it. No? Well, you know best, of course. That's why I asked. You better frisk the rest of this gang, nurse. I bet they're loaded with stuff. <laughs> I'd be glad to keep the reindeer if you like and give it to her when she's older. Would you? Thanks. Right through here, please. I'll just go ahead, if you don't mind, and see if she's still awake. All right, miss. <laughs> we'll wait outside for us. It's the first time I was ever in an orphanage. It don't look so bad. That nurse don't look so bad either. <laughs> nice motherly type. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. She's not so motherly. It's the uniform. It's all right. You can come in. Uh, go ahead, fellas. Quiet now. No rumpus. Some gentlemen to see you, Christina. Look at that. 
Well, what do you know? <laughs> Come here, Floyd. Look. Huh. You know, I think she looks a little like you, Commissioner. She's got your double chin. <laughs> Cute, isn't she? Who gave her the rattle? Oh, that's standard equipment. Uh, go on. Play with your rattle, Christina. Play with your rattle. Doesn't want to play with a rattle, I guess. <laughs> Just lies there staring at everybody. Well, what do you make of all this, Christina? Hmm? What do you make of all this? She says, I just wish all these big bad men would go away and leave me alone. Hello there, Christina. Can you say hello? <laughs> hmm? Can you? Oh, for heaven's sake. Of course not, you old goat. She's only eight months old. Well, no harm in asking. Hey, hey, look. Look. What? What? She moved. Hey, that's pretty good for a kid only eight months old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a smart girl, Floyd. Aren't you, Christina? Would you, would you, would you, would you, would you, would you? Oh, you better back off there, Commissioner. She's going to cry. Huh? Oh, dear me. You wouldn't cry, would you, Christina? Look at that little lip quiver. Mm, here it comes. Oh, gosh, I didn't mean to scare her. Here, let me try. What's the matter, kiddo? Look, see the pretty rattle? She's not interested in the rattle, Floyd. Hey, she smiled. That wasn't a smile, Floyd. That was gas. <laughs> Babies do that when they have a bubble. It was so a smile, wasn't it, nurse? I'd call it a smile. Yeah, what'd I tell you? Tell me, I don't know about babies. There she goes again. I think the kid likes me. Oh, I wouldn't touch her. Floyd! I ain't touching her. She grabbed hold of my finger. Look at that. Well, I'll be darned. She won't let go of it either. <laughs> Little son of a gun. Grab hold of my finger. I guess she does like you all right, Floyd. Pretty lucky. The little son of a gun. Say, miss, you don't suppose I could hold her for a minute? Nah, better not. Before we go home, let's settle this, fellas. What do you think? Listen, that's a smart kid, you know it. That's one of the smartest kids I ever saw for her age. She ain't like most babies, just lie there. She's got personality, you know what I mean? She's smart, too. <laughs> Sure. Gentlemen, it's moved and seconded. What the heck? We don't have to be so darn formal about this. You all know the motion. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? Motion carried. Baby adopted. The Great Gildersleeve and the Jolly Boys will be back again very shortly. Many an expert homemaker is wearing a big smile these days now that she can serve the family super special salads made with the famous mayonnaise, which is once again available. Yes, it's really true. Kraft Kitchen Fresh Mayonnaise is back and in reasonable quantity. Kraft Mayonnaise, you know, is a truly superior mayonnaise made from only choice ingredients. Fine salad oils, selected eggs, fragrant vinegar and spices. And as a final touch of inspiration, fresh lemon juice is added. 
With its distinctive homemade goodness, its rich, delicate flavor, Kraft mayonnaise glorifies any and every salad. Its texture, too, is something to be proud of. A special beater patented by Kraft gives Kraft mayonnaise a velvet smoothness almost impossible to accomplish in your own kitchen. In fact, it's mayonnaise nothing short of perfection. Kraft Kitchen Fresh Mayonnaise. Wonder where everybody is. I can't imagine. This is just as bad as last week. Wait, here comes somebody. That's you, Chief? Hiya, fellas. Floyd! You're late, Floyd. Where are all the others? Davey Fondy's staying home tonight with the wife. How about the Chief? Him, too. He's refereeing a kid basketball game down to the Y. Yep. And he's going straight home. I gotta be gone myself. What? Yeah, I got Lovey waiting for me down the car. Well, I guess I'll... Floyd, wait a minute. Yeah, stick around. Kim, sorry. Lovey and I go on to the movies. Give her a break for a change. Night. Night, Floyd. Well, what'll we do, Judge? I don't know. Maybe we should call up somebody. Who? I don't know. You know something? That baby could ruin this club. Good night, folks. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Perry. It is written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. The music is by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley as Leroy, Louise Erickson as Marjorie, and Lillian Randolph as Bertie. Judge Hooker is Earl Ross and Richard Legrand as Mr. Peavy. This is John Lang saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company and inviting you to listen in again next Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> Now it's really true. You can make real, rich, velvety smooth ice cream in your refrigerator. Just ask your grocer for the craft product called Frizz, F-R-I-Z-Z. One package makes six generous servings of ice cream, and very economically. You simply add water, a little sugar, and freeze according to directions on the package. Add fruit juices or flavoring for variety. Frizz contains plenty of fine cream and milk made by a process that retains marvelous freshness of flavor. Get Frizz from your food dealer tomorrow. Surprise the family with homemade ice cream tomorrow night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Forty-six from December. That was the Great Gildersleeve on Old Time Ready Forever. Great job, Lily. That was the Jolly Boys. Some of my favorite episodes. Sponsor an orphan. Lily and I had so much fun bringing you that episode of the Great Gildersleeve. One of our family favorites, didn't we, Lil? Mm-hmm. Say yeah. 
Yep. They can't see you shaking your head. (laughs) We had so much fun, and we're going to be right back with another great comedy after this break on Old Time Radio Forever. If you're like me and you love old time radio, if you love podcasts, if you love the world of audio, you have got to check out Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is the platform that I use to bring you old time radio forever, and it is also the platform that helps me bring all of these shows to you. A fantastic website and an easy interface to use. If you have ever wanted to start your own podcast, it's as easy as going to www.anchor.fm. And I cannot wait to hear your podcast.
next on Old Time Radio Forever, we move to a situation comedy featuring a married couple. One of the most common Old Time Radio plots were the married couple, whether it be the Bickersons, who, from the name of it, always bickered, or whether it be more lighthearted, like tonight's show. There are so many couples throughout the old-time radio era that have gone down throughout entertainment history. We have Jack Benny and Mary Livingston. We have uh, Fred Allen and Portland Hoffa, Fibber McGee and Molly, and who could forget Burns and Allen. But tonight, maybe a lesser-known couple, but one of my personal favorites, Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Phil Harris spent the early 1940s as the band leader for Jack Benny on his program. He was the wise-cracking, zoot-suit-wearing, jive-talking musician. He would always, you know, give little jabs at Jack, and he always called him Jackson. That's one of my favorite things. He married movie star Alice Faye, and in 1946, they were given their own radio program. And this is the first episode of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show. It is their audition show from July of 1946 on Old Time Radio Forever. The Fitz Bandwagon. Company, makers of those fine Fitz products, present the Fitz Bandwagon starring Phil Harris and Alice Faye. <laughs> Do you want an effective way of solving your dandruff problem, a way that's simple and easy too? Well, what way could be easier than shampooing your dandruff away with Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo? As for effectiveness, we point to the fact that Fitch is the only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. All you have to do is apply Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo directly to your hair and scalp before wetting the hair. It is important to remember to apply Fitch's before adding water to the hair because this gives its solvent action full opportunity to dissolve dandruff. After massaging your scalp for a few moments, add water. Handfuls of fluffy lather will form to cleanse the hair and scalp and carry away the dissolved dandruff flakes. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo has been granted the Good Housekeeping Seal and the Parents Magazine Commendation Seal. Use it regularly for immaculately clean, dandruff-free hair. Remember to ask for Fitch, F-I-T-C-H. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. The bandwagon brings you Alice Faye and Phil Harris. 
Hey, Edwin, here he comes. When? Right there, coming out of the Jack Benny show. Ah, oh, that ain't him. Yeah, it must be. He's wearing two polo coats. Nah, it ain't him. Let's ask them, hey. Yeah, I don't want to ask them. You ask them. Nah, you ask them. I already asked them, Lon Chaney Jr. Okay. Hiya, Jackson. Are you Phil Harris? Well, who do I look like with these golden curls? Guy Lombardo? Hey, Red! He made a funny. Yeah, never mind that, old one. Go ahead, ask him. What a delightful character. Up till now, I never knew theme song had a brother. Can we have your autograph? Can you have my autograph? Well, now, kid, you're living. You're getting smart. You'll be out of here in a few days. You're talking like a guy in a one-piece suit now. Yeah, you can have my autograph. Now, let me see, uh... Bill Harris. There you are. You see, Red, it's like I told you. He can't too right. Yeah. <laughs> sure, but he'd have never made it if you hadn't guided his hand. Oh. Hello, Mr. Harris. Hiya, Dick. You got my car ready? Yes, sir. Right over here with the motor running. Thanks, kid. Here. Buy yourself a great big box of Snickers. Gee, thanks. Oh, uh, say, Mr. Harris, I've noticed you're always in such a hurry every Sunday. How come you're so anxious to get home? How old are you, kid? Fourteen. Why? I think it's time you had a nice long talk with your father. Huh? Never mind. See you next Sunday. So long, Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long, Phil. So long, Irwin. Gee, he's a swell guy, ain't he, Red? Uh, I think he's a muzzler. What do you mean? He's all right. And boy, does he drive a snappy-looking car. Uh, so would you if you had Alice Faye's money. <laughs> Hey, uh, you going out towards the valley, Pops? Yes, I sure am, son. Well, then I'll give you a lift. Hop oh, in. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> kind of hot for hitchhiking, ain't it, Pops? You ain't saying nothing wrong, son. But I sure love California. You local boy, son? No, I'm I'm from out of state. Mm. Come here looking for work, huh? Well, you might say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice car you got here for a berry picker. <laughs> no, Pops, uh, I'm more of a, a knowledge picker. Oh, from Fresno. No, from Martinis. Say, <laughs> 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 you, you snuck up on my blind side with that one, son. <laughs> Martinis. <laughs> Uh, Say, uh, how far out you going, Pop? Oh, uh, Bakersfield. Oh. Got a job up there? Nope. Going up to see your family? Nope. Then why are you going to Bakersfield? Got a gal up there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, Pop, I didn't know there was that much Wheaties in the world. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I, uh, I go up to see her every month. Used to go up every week. Yes, sir. 
sort of get out of the habit during gas racing. Well, uh, yeah. Let me ask you something, Pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this girl of yours, uh, how she feel about marriage? Oh, she's all for it. Well, that's fine. Yep. So's your husband. <laughs> you sure get around, Dad. Yeah, they don't call me Speedy for nothing. Oh, sure. Say, uh, what'd you say you do for a living, son? Oh, I do a little radio singing now and then, you know, sing on the radio. Oh, you do? Huh? Yeah. Do you ever listen to the radio? Well, once in a while. Well, then let's turn it on. Let's have a little music then, That's huh? a good idea, son. You ain't uh, one of them sons of the pioneers, be you? <laughs> no, no, Pops, uh... I couldn't quite make that group. You see, I lean more toward the, uh, well, you know, toward, uh, well, more like stuff that they're playing right now. Folks are dumb where I come from. They ain't had any learning. Still, they're happy as can be, doing what comes naturally, doing what comes naturally. Folks like us could never fuss with schools and books and learning. Still, we've gone from A to Z, doing what comes naturally, doing what comes naturally. You don't have to know how to read or write when you're out with a girl in the pale moonlight. You don't have to come from a great big town just to go picking berries in an evening gown. That comes naturally. Ooh, so naturally, my uncle out in Texas can't even write his name. He signs his check with X's, but they cash them just the same. Uncle Ben got angry when they caught him stealing chickens. I'm within my rights, said he, doing what comes naturally. You don't have to go to a private school Not to pick up a penny near a stubborn mule You don't have to have a professor's dome Not to go for the honey when the bee's at home That comes naturally uh, Hey, son, oh, son, so just a minute, Jenny boy, oh, hey Okay, Pop, just a second uh, Excuse me, son, you can let me off here I turn right at this next corner Well, it'll be a pleasure, Pops, okay Well, uh, thanks for the lift, son. Well, you're perfectly welcome, but... Well, wait a minute. You, uh, you didn't tell me how you like my song. You, uh, say you make your living singing like that? That's right. Well, then, I, I got a piece of advice for you. Advice? What is it? Son, save your money. So long. So long, Speedy. <laughs> How do you like that Civil War wise car? Just for that, I hope that the next ride he gets is on a motorcycle. Oh, well, I like it. Grandpa Dick was always sick, but never saw a doctor. He just died at 93, doing what comes naturally.
hammer girl. Hello, hello there. Is that the lover? Heck no, it's your husband. <laughs> Come on over here, Amber, you beautiful thing, and give me a great big kiss. Oh, honey. Oh, what's the matter? You ain't giving. I should have gone on to Bakersfield. <laughs> Let it go. You're too beautiful to quibble with, you luscious creature, you. Mm. Hey, I can smell that dinner cooking, and honey, I'm really hungry. Well, we'll be eating in a minute. Come on in the living room. Living room? Mm-hmm. I want you to hear something on the radio. All right, honey, but let's eat. I'm starved. Hey, that's that number from Annie Get Your Gun. Oh, yes, that's the one we like so much. I wanted you to hear it. Well, all right, then lay it on me. Well, I will. They say that falling in love is wonderful. It's wonderful. So they say. With a moon up above, it's wonderful, it's wonderful, so they tell me I can't recall who said it, I know I never read it, I only know they tell me that love is grand, and the thing that known as romance is wonderful, wonderful in every way. So they say. You know something, honey? That Berlin's got a great future. I love that boy. But let's get into the food, huh? Well, how do you like that? When you met me, I was singing a Berlin tune. You didn't think about food then. Yeah, but you ain't worked in so long. I'm starving. <laughs> well, I am. I can't help it. Well, I worked hard this afternoon. I know it, but... The thing that's known as romance is wonderful. Wonderful. And they fall down for Sinatra. In every way. So they say. Oh, honey. Gee whiz, you're my girl. You know, I could listen to you sing all night. I don't care enough, I never eat. So before I see about dinner, let's get serious for a moment. You know, something awful happened today. What? You know that favorite doll of baby Alice's? Hildegard? Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's the one. Well, when I backed the car out of the garage this morning, it was lying in the driveway and I, I ran over it. Oh, honey, that's murder. That's murder. Well, she's nuts about that doll. I know, I feel awful about it and I, I haven't the heart to tell her. Gee, if it wasn't Sunday, I'd run out and get her another one just like it, but now we're kind of in the spot. I know. And she'll never go to bed without it. Well, I guess one of us is going to have to tell her. 
Gee, I, I hate to do it. Well, don't worry too much about it, honey. I'll break it to her easy, you know. Use a little childish psychology. Hello, baby Alice. Hello, Daddy. How's my big girl today? Fine. What are you doing out here? Making mud pies. Uh-huh. But look, honey... Daddy's got something that he really ought to tell you. Yes, Daddy? Well, it's, um... It's, uh... Yes? Well, look, don't ever eat none of them mud pies. It might poison you. Is that all you wanted to tell me, Daddy? No, honey. It's something else. Look, baby. Everybody in the world, grown-ups and, and little girls, too has something that he loves very much. And then when someone comes along and takes it away from us, well, we feel pretty bad. Do you understand what I mean? Oh, yes. Like when Mr. Benny cuts out all your lines. Look, honey, that's just some of your mama's propaganda. You've been listening to your mother again. That's what you've been doing. That's not it at all. I'm talking about you. Me? Yes, uh... Well, you and Hildegard. What about Hildegard? Honey, Hildegard's sick. Sick? What's wrong with her, Daddy? Well, she's a little run down. <laughs> Does she have the measles? No, not the measles. It's more of a case of curvature of the driveway. <laughs> Where's Hildegard now? They had to take her to the hospital. Oh, when Hildegard comes home, will she bring another little dolly with her? No. <laughs> no, honey, I, I, I don't think so. But when Mommy goes to the hospital, she always... That's not the same thing. <laughs> Well, I'd like to call up the hospital, honey, but I don't want to disturb her because, well, she is so sick, they say they might have to perform an appendectomy. Appendectomy? You know, take out her tonsils. Phil, did you talk to baby Alice? Yes, honey, I had a talk with her. How did she take the bad news? Well, I started to tell her that Hildegard had been run over, but... Oh, honey, I just couldn't do it. Well, what did you tell her? I don't know. One thing led to another, and now she thinks her dolly's sick in a hospital. Oh, Phil, you shouldn't have made up a story like that. I know. Every time I get in a thing like this, I always open my big, fat mouth and then louse it up. Well, then why do you keep doing it? Who knows? It must be the Molotov in me. <laughs> Well, how do we stand now? We don't stand so good. Now she wants to phone the hospital and find out how her dolly is. Oh, fine. And uh, just uh, how do you plan to do that? Well, I got a little plan. I don't know, but I, I thought that... Well, I thought that maybe if you went upstairs on the other extension yeah. and pretended that you were a nurse, well, we might get away with it. All right, let's try it, but 
Honestly, I don't think much of the idea. Now, don't slough it off, honey. This is the biggest part you've had since Fallen Angel. Daddy, can we call the hospital now? Yes, my little lady, right this minute. I'm going to get him on the phone. Hello, operator. Would you get me the general hospital... Hello, General Hospital. Do you have a patient there named Hildegard? Oh, you do, nurse? Well, I want you to talk to a little girl here and give her a full report on the patient. You will? Oh, fine. Here, baby Alice, now you talk to the nurse. Hello. Hello. General Hospital, Nurse Brandon speaking. Oh, hello, Mommy. What are you doing on the other extension? Oh, Harris, you liver-lip bungler, you. How about your coffee? Shall we have it here or in the living room? No coffee for me, honey. I'm too full. That was a big dinner. Did you really enjoy it? Enjoy it? Man, that meal tasted better than the second course of That's What I Like About the South. <laughs> Turn of greens and all. Hey, where are the kids? Well, it's about their bedtime. Sissy's upstairs getting them undressed. You know something? I've been so busy with baby Alice, I hardly got a chance to talk to Phyllis. What's that little rascal been up to today? Oh, she was helping Luigi in the garden. She just discovered how to turn on the sprinklers. Hey, that's pretty cute. Luigi didn't think so. He was cutting the grass at the time. Well, a little water wouldn't hurt that guy anyway. Oh, uh, honey, by the way, I meant to speak to you about Phyllis. I don't think she should watch you shave in the morning. Why not? Well, because today I found her copying you. She didn't get my razor, did she? No, no, but I caught her looking at herself in the bathroom mirror and saying, Handsome brute. Oh, handsome brute. <laughs> So what? She's a cute kid, too. Well, honey, look at the time. We'd better get upstairs and say goodnight to the babies. All right, we'll go up and say goodnight to them, but here's where the trouble starts again. You know that baby Alice never goes to sleep without that doll. Well, best thing is to try and get her mind off it. Get her to think about something else, huh? Think about something yeah. else? Okay, I'll try, but that ain't going to be easy. That's like asking Tommy Manville to concentrate on one dame, you know. <laughs> How are my little girls? All ready for bed, baby? Yes, Mommy. It is ready, too. Ah, uh, you know, you <laughs> kids are getting to look more like your mommy every day. We are, Daddy. Yeah, but cheer up, honey. You may outgrow it. Oh, <laughs> you Thank you very much. Sing us a song, Mommy. Sing us a song. Please, Mommy. Now, calm down. In a minute, huh? Daddy. You know about my dolly, Hildegard? Well, she's a... She's... Yes, yes, I know, honey, I know. But don't worry about that tonight, because Daddy's going to tell you a wonderful story. The one I'm going to tell you is about Jack and the Beanstalk. Gee, that's a good one, Daddy. <laughs> you like the way Daddy tells his stories, don't you, Phyllis? No. 
I like the funny faces he makes. Now, wait a minute. Let's don't have any cracks, baby. Just listen. Hurry up, Daddy. Tell the story. All right. Well, let me see. Oh, yes. A long, long time ago, there was a little boy named Jack. And he lived with his mother in the middle of a beautiful forest. But although they lived in this beautiful woods and their cottage was all neat and clean, they were very, very poor. Were they awfully poor, Daddy? Honey, they were so poor they had nothing to eat but old pieces of bread. And poor little Jack had to hold his pants up with Hoover buttons. (laughs) Finally, things got so bad... Well, there was just one thing to do. Jack's mother decided to sell the old family cow so they'd have money to buy food. But, Daddy, if they were that hungry, why didn't they eat the cow? Well, uh... Well, uh... Well, honey, they couldn't eat meat. They was veterinarians. (laughs) Oh. Well, well, anyway... Jack put an old piece of rope around the cow's neck and took it off to the market. Now, he was gone for three whole days, and his poor old mother was half out of her mind. But at last, Jack came home, and his mother asked for the money, but Jack said, Well, I sold the cow, Mama, but instead of money, a nice old man gave me these three wonderful magic beans. So Jack's mother looked at him and said, Why, Jack, you dear, sweet boy. And with that, she drove him six feet into the ground with a tuba for Phil, she did no such thing. Maybe not, maybe not, but that's what my old lady would have done. Please. Tell some more, Daddy. Well, Mama, you stay out of this. Well, Jack's mother was very, very angry. And she threw the beans out the window. And once again, they had to go to bed that night without any supper at all. But if they were so hungry, why didn't they eat the beans? Because that would have loused up the rest of my story. (laughs) Now listen. Anyway, early the next morning, Jack woke up, looked out in the backyard, and there was a beautiful beanstalk 90 stories high. So Jack started climbing up the beanstalk. He climbed and climbed and climbed some more. Honey, he went up that beanstalk faster than Gene Kelly with a hot foot. And when he got to the top, what do you suppose he saw? A great big giant in a great big castle. That's right. And the big giant had a magic chicken that laid golden eggs. So Jack hid in the corner until the giant went fast asleep. Then he tiptoed out with hardly a sound. Quick as a wink, grabbed the chicken and lit out for home. Jack went down the beanstalk fast he could with that mean giant prodding him all the way. But Jack got down first, grabbed up a big old axe, and disconnected that vine with two quick blows. And the giant fell down and was killed. And Jack and his mother lived happily ever after. No, no. No, no. No. Not exactly. You see, the kid was indicted on three counts of manslaughter. (laughs) And uh, Jack and his mama had to hire a pretty smart lawyer to beat that rap. Phil. But, Daddy... What happened to the chicken that laid the golden egg? What are you asking? 
Look, the lawyer laid a bill on Jack for 28 grand, and the chicken wore itself out trying to meet the payment. Oh, hell. <laughs> hell. What's the matter? Now, you know that's nothing like the real story. Well, that's the way you used to tell it in reform school. <laughs> Daddy, tell another story. Please tell another story. Some other time, babies. Now, you both get a... You both better get some sleep, huh? Daddy, about Hildegard, I... Look, uh... baby, look. I'm sorry, I got a confession to make. Your dolly's not really in the hospital. Daddy was only fibbing. You see, I... Yes, yes, honey, it was an accident. I backed over Hildegard with the car. I know, Mommy. You know? You know? Well, then why didn't you say something before? Well, I didn't mention it because I didn't want Mommy to feel bad. Oh. That's Daddy's little girl who said that. <laughs> I love you, honey. What do you think about that, Mommy? Oh, that's awfully sweet of you, baby. But I thought Hildegard was your very, very favorite doll. Yes, but I will miss her much. She's gotten to be an awful problem child lately. That's right, sweetheart. <laughs> Not only that, Daddy's going to get you another dolly in the morning. So why don't you two little girls be real sweet now, and let's turn out the lights, huh? Well, Mommy, but Mommy was going to sing for us. All right, when Daddy turns out the light, I'll sing. There you are. Good night, my love. The tired old moon. Descending. Good night, my love. My moment with you now is ending. It was so heavenly holding you close to me. It will be heavenly to hold you again in my dreams. The stars above have promised to meet us tomorrow. Till then, my love, how dreary the new day will seem. So for the present, dear, we'll have to part. Good night, my love. Sleep tight, my love. Remember that you're mine All mine Good night Good night, Mommy Good night, Daddy. Good night. Good night, baby. Good night, you rascals.
Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Styles of dress change with the seasons. Right now, it's light prints and cottons for most women. However, the season for bright, attractive hair never changes. And the need for Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo never changes. For Fitch has been the favorite hair beauty treatment with millions of smart women for years. Fitch shampoo is a top-ranking favorite because it does so much for the hair. It leaves it with a gleaming, silky texture, lovely to touch and lovely to look at. Fitch makes swirls of rich, creamy lather that reconditions as it cleanses, puts new life and luster into tired hair strands, and leaves the scalp with a fresh, invigorating feeling. Then, since Fitch is entirely soluble in water, the lather rinses out completely, leaving the hair sparkling with natural highlights. See for yourself the shining new loveliness Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo can give your hair. Ask for an economical bottle of Fitch at your drug or toilet goods counter or have a professional application at your beauty shop. Now that the children are in bed, what would you like to do this evening? Well, I'd just soon sit here with you and kind of take it easy. Okay. Come on over here, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get cozy, huh? <laughs> All right. You mean like this? Sure. That's more like it. Now turn around here a minute. Oh. Well, why that great big sigh, Phil? Oh, nothing. I was just wondering how Speedy's making out in Baker Street. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch bandwagon with Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Until then... Good night. Good night, everybody. See you next Sunday. Original music for this broadcast was composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Alice Faye appeared through courtesy of 20th Century Fox. For a while, let a song be your style. Use Fitch Shampoo. After and between Fitch shampoos, you can keep your hair shining and manageable by using a few drops of Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic every day. Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic is not sticky or greasy, yet it gives your hair that well-groomed look. This is Charles Lyon. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. I have 1946. That was...
the Phil Harris and Alice Faye audition show brought to you by Fitch Shampoo, if you couldn't tell from the intro. So that brings this week's episode to a close. I want to thank everybody once again for listening. I've been blown away by all of the great support that Old Time Radio Forever has received. I want to give a special shout out to the Old Time Radio fans on Facebook groups that I'm part of and the radio listeners on the FedoraLounge.com. You've been great. You've given great feedback and we truly enjoy having you along every week. So, Thank you to my beautiful daughter, Lily, for talking about her love of the Great Gildersleeve, and thank you for listening. And until next week, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week on Old Time Radio Forever. Be sure to check out Old Time Radio Forever on all of your favorite podcast directories and share it to anybody that you think would love Old Time Radio. A special thank you to the Old Time Radio fans Facebook page. They have been so supportive in listening and giving positive feedback to this podcast. So until next week, this is Matt Perry signing off and saying goodbye everybody.